Why would Seabus super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall. This is the final word. Welcome daily, day 24 for Seabus Super, the industry super fund, hitting your retirement for six. I'm Adam Collins and... I'm actually not with Jeff Lemon. Uh, Jeff's had to rapidly get out of Southampton to make the Billy Joel concert tonight. So instead, I've got a ringer. I've, I've strapped a lapel mic to BBC Test Match Special Zone, Daniel Norcross, who's sitting in the car next to me as we've just watched the end of a magnificent second game of the day and, and ending a, a brilliant World Cup Saturday with India getting, the, getting over the line against Afghanistan in the last over and then the West Indies nearly pulling off one of the all-time World Cup heists. Welcome, Dan. Uh, yeah, welcome. Yeah, that was quite perilous watching that game on the A3 while driving at 80 miles an hour and uh, uh, especially the way it ended, which was essentially massively thrilling uh, and I had my eyes on your phone and not so much on the road. The, the, the custom of this show, Dan, I know, you, I know you know the format, but I'm going to get you to tell me in 30 seconds what happened at the game, which you beautifully called the ending of, between India and Afghanistan. Go. Uh, India batted first on a really terrible grabby pitch. A wicket fell early from Mujib Ar-Rahman, which made us realise this was going to be a slow and wretched pitch. Virat Kohli, the only man to do anything, uh, went it over runner ball, 60-odd off. 61 then. MS Dodi batted really peculiarly, even by MS Dodi standards, setting a mere 224. Afghanistan tried to chase it down, had a couple of partnerships, got really exciting. Mohammed Nabi hit an incredible six. Rashid Khan played a fabulous reserve, reverse sweep. And then uh, Mohammed Shami finished it off with a hat trick in the last over. <laughs> Well, nicely done. About in, yeah, in keeping with the in keeping with the theme of the thirty second summaries, you've got cool. you've got some of it, which is <laughs> which is a great place for us to launch into a discussion about the first game. So, as you say, India did bat first, and they did post an anemic uh, total, which was based on the fact that Afghanistan got a chance to bowl in conditions which suited them for the first time in the tournament. And, and funny that, once their spinners had something to work with, they were sensational. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, they've got so many of them. We discovered that Ramat Shah, who's a really good batsman, one of the more technically correct batsmen, is also a pretty handy bowler. I mean, they got five overs out of him. Mohammed Nabi bowled a beautiful spell, didn't he? Picked up Kohli with a, with a work of genius. Um, Mujib, I mean, the, the ball he bowled to get rid of Rohit Sharma was an absolute beauty. It came off sort of a bit of knuckle, didn't it? And oh, I it think it was the Karam ball. A bit. Karam, yeah, you saw the aerials, didn't you? Yeah, and, and, and it's considering uh, considering uh, Rohit Sharma had, had made 140 against Pakistan, 122 not out against South Africa, another half century between times and the other game they played, which I can't recall mm. now off the top of my head. That that, that wasn't that kind of got them started, but it was the Coley dismissal, wasn't it? It was Huge. Nabi finding a way to pin him down. So Coley made it to 50 and 48 balls and was doing it on the bit. Then they let him only face a third of the deliveries after reaching his half century until such time that he got out and and that's when we first thought we might have a live one here in contrast to the way that 
um, the game played out against England. If anything, Afghanistan got better through their innings, and the wheels and and the, you know they looked like that the wheels were going to fall off halfway through that England game, um, given the internal issues they've had over the last couple of weeks, which really go back to before the World Cup. But they held it together with the bat against England by batting out their overs, and then the, the performance this morning with the ball. I mean, well, they fielded balls, didn't they? they were, I mean, it was, it they was, weren't was, just bouncing off them. That's which right. Was really, it's a, it's, a, it's a vast improvement, and yeah. and I think also, you know. When, when teams are not smashing it to all parts, you know yourself from playing cricket that if spinners are being patted back, like Dhoni was patting back Mujib's overs back to the bowler, you know, as a fielder, you actually want the ball then, don't you? Because it's not, actually, it's not mm. going to be smacked at you so hard it's going to break your fingers. So everybody looked altogether more enthusiastic about the prospect of cricket. It was also uh, well, a lot warmer. It was kind of a beautiful day, wasn't it? Which also helped. It's actually summer today. It, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was legitimately for a time there. The sun was to the point where you didn't want to sit outside in the sun. You wanted to, you know, maybe not be in air conditioning, but it was a different kind of... Yeah. yeah it, it, it was like real, wasn't it? It was like yeah. actual... I mean, I was wearing linen and short sleeves. It was the first time this summer. It, it was kind of heavenly. And But also, I've got to say about Rashid Khan, because after you've gone none for 110 in nine overs and been given remorseless stick on Twitter... Come back and bowl ten overs, one for thirty-eight. I mean, he was he was good today. He was good. He got that that zip back. I like the zip, the pace. Well, they didn't want to face him, did they? I mean, in that last spell that Rashid was bowling, they were actively trying to play him out, which was you know in contrast yeah. to the way that Owen Morgan toyed with him and took one hundred and ten off him on Monday to start the week. And really, the conversation around Afghanistan at the start of the week, Dan, was a fairly unflattering one. A lot of sneering about they shouldn't yeah. be in the World Cup. Um, you hear a lot of this uh, when teams that haven't been well established too poorly that the questions come back to whether they even have a place on on the big world stage so Afghanistan weren't only bouncing back from a poor performance they had all that as well and the internal stuff I mentioned before too it made it all the more impressive performance uh, with the ball well also just think when we arrived and we heard that India won the toss and batted there was a collective groan because let's be frank for your listeners back home we, we love doing what we're doing and we love going around the country seeing all these games but when you see it's India or Afghanistan, you think this is going to be one-sided. Just let's get this out of the way quickly. Afghanistan, go out and bat. You know, get 120. Let India knock it off. We can be back in London in daylight. I can be drinking gin and tonic in the garden. There's a lot of games in this World Cup. Don't detain me with this filth. Was was sort of the feeling, wasn't it, in the press box? Well, there was a. There, we, we were doing a. Um, we were doing a, a pool on how many runs Rohit Sharma would make, and yeah, like, two hundred and fourteen, didn't you go? I, for I, I did have two hundred and fourteen. Uh, only, <laughs> but but I mean that was the that was re- reflective of the conversations we were having because I think we just assumed that um, Afghanistan wouldn't have the bottle, and we were wrong. Yeah. you know, and and it was gratifying to be wrong and so wrong, and given how well they did, and in the end, you look at the scorecard and you see they've lost by eleven runs, and it's a thriller. But really, they they had a couple of decent opportunities. To win the game with the bat, they got well, Gulbadine got bounced out after Harajula early got bowled. So yeah, their open is. I mean, so you needed one of those two, probably Hazratullah really. to but, take uh, off. He but, didn't look like he fancied it though, because Boomer and Shami's opening spell was lightning quick. I mean, yeah. this was a slow wicket, right? In which you didn't think you thought it might actually negate Boomer and Shami, but they were bowling at ninety miles an hour, and Azratullah did not look a happy bunny, did he? He was no. like backing away a bit to lay. I think Crickview said that they played more false shots in the first five overs of that innings than any team have ever played in the history of cricket, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so they, like were bat- they were battling, but then these partnerships started evolving. They never got beyond fifty, but there were, I think there were three partnerships between thirty-six and forty-six, and each time we thought they were just about to break the back of the chase. 
they would do something daft. So Gulbadeen got out hooking, uh, and then there was I, a bummer over. There was oh, a bummer well, over. well, we're coming to that. So the, yeah. oh, right, yeah, that's a good reference point actually. So Gulbadeen gets out hooking, and then this really good partnership uh, between Ramat, who we mentioned before, who took a wicket with his part-time leg spin, and he was in. Uh, and then Hashmatullah, who batted so nicely against England a few days ago, he's batted well all, all World Cup. He has, actually. he has, and we and we just kind of thought, well, look, they're in. Uh, they're making their way towards a, a half-century stand. And then Boomerah comes on the bowl the 29th over, and it's a double-wicket maiden, and it changes everything. Again, mentioning CrickViz for the second time, they, sh- I should, they should have me on commission. Uh, he, they, they, on the WinViz uh, measure, which bobs up on the television, for eight balls, Afghanistan were, quote-unquote, ahead in the game. They were at 51%. And then the double-wicket maiden occurs, and it changes the whole... Trajectory of the game, doesn't it? Because by that point, you're relying on players with maybe not less experience, but this is the whole problem with Afghanistan. They've only played 12 games against full member nations uh, from the last World Cup to this one. Now, they won six of those uh, and they tied against India in the Asia Cup last September. So it's not as though when they've been on the bigger stage against teams which they're now peers of as full members of the ICC since they joined those ranks last year that they've been out muscled that often but even so uh, it, it didn't look likely so it made it, made it all the more impressive that they did fight bloody hard so oh, Muhammad Nabi who ended up making 52 or 55 the first ball of the last over he hits for four and it's still game on they needed 21 off the last six, two overs don't forget that six I mean yeah, that, yeah, that six was a great moment was it Bumra I think uh, banged in too short and he smacks it over mid-wicket and that sort of re-enlivened the chase, didn't it? Well, it, it, it silenced the crowd. Several times today, the crowd's noise reflected where the game was at. So when Rohit got out, they were cheering because they wanted to see Coley back for a long period of time. And then when Dhoni got out, they were nonplussed. If anything, they were cheering again because it meant that they got to watch Hardik Pandya bat and they were sick of Dhoni because Dhoni couldn't yeah. get the ball off the square. He made 28 or 52 balls and was broadly a liability. And a lack of intent from him as well. Yeah, though. the it running. Wasn't, it wasn't just, yeah, I mean, that was a hilarious moment when he, he hits the ball through a vacant mid-off, last ball of the over, and you think, that's a long single. He's just not taking it. And, I mean, the, the, everything that Dhoni did today with the bat was just sort of curiously lacklustre. Yeah, he was, it was as though he was trying to keep uh, Kedar Jadav on strike, who uh, Jadav wasn't exactly, you know, uh, um, middling them either. He ended up with a half-century, but occupied a lot of balls along the way. They made 49 runs in the final 10 India, which only on five occasions since they've kept ball-by-ball ball data, they've made fewer runs batting first in the last 10. So it, it gives I mean, you... That a, is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it gives you a bit of a feel for how... At no stage in any five, any of the five phases, as the television calls it, um, did they get um, uh, over 50 runs. So that... that, that, that it was, was that uh, kind of a day, though, wasn't there? It was that yeah. kind of day when just batting was was really hard. And, and let's not forget that the, the, the spinners on show were good ones. Mujib, Rashid Khan, Mohamed Nabi are good spinners. Sure. When India spinners came in, Chahal and um, uh, Kuldeep. Kuldeep yeah. is my love. No, but um, well, you're right to mention Chahal before we move off the game per se and move to more, in, in, uh, uh, more, uh, well, well, rather less serious, weighty topics, and we yes. talk about the nonsense of the day. Um, uh, Chahal, um, again, he, he's taken more wickets alongside Kuldeep than anyone in the world in the last couple of years, and it shows, doesn't he? he he's, he gets brought on early inside the power play. Coley trusts him to bowl when the field's up. And he always gets brought back during tough times. He and Boomerang are the two guys that Coley always turns you could to. could say his wicket of Rashid was actually the key moment. Yeah. Because, because, after, because it was a short chase, a small chase, they were always in it as long as Nabi was there and he was shepherding the tail. 
Rashid Khan has the chance to get you a quick 20, and that could have really done for India. Well, well, te- well 10 players in the Afghanistan side have hit a six in this tournament, which, which is more than any other side, which kind of I did not know that. reinforces that point. And it wasn't a big day for six hitting, I should add. There was only two across the whole day, one from India, one from Afghanistan. But the point being that they can all go the long handle, and Rashid is certainly one of those. We've seen him play some flamboyant T20 innings in the last couple of years. But when he ran past one of that beautiful flighted leg spinner from Chahul that really did signal it looked to be the end of the game you know that 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 little rally at the end was all Nabi uh, but unfortunately he got caught in the last over and then there was a hat trick to finish so Shami and and again you called that hat trick Dan uh, on radio Shami hits the leg stump two balls in a row uh, gets alarm then Rahman uh, to finish it off with a ball to spare so they get bowled out they didn't really deserve to get bowled out in the sense that that wasn't looking like that it looked like it was going to fall short of the uh, the runs they were chasing but but all the same Shami finishes with four for 40 his first game in the tournament replacing Bhuvaneshwar Kumar so uh, he he uh, cashed in late after getting an early wicket. Um, Boomer was player of the match for two for 39. But as important as his double wicket maiden was in the 29th over, it was the 49th over. How accurate his death bowling was, which again just he speaks. Bowled, he, bowled, he bowled basically five Yorkers and a low full toss in that over. And if that over goes for nine ten, then you know Afghanistan or Nabi needs 11, 12 off the last over, doesn't he? Yeah. And he really really believes it. Instead. Unfortunately, it came down to 16 off the last over, and Shami's not a guy you're going to get 16 off, really. You know, he, even on a good wicket. But he, I mean, Shami again barely missed his length, didn't he? he their death bowling was superb. It was so full. It was so difficult for the batsman to get underneath it. And people may not realise, but the Hampshire bowl, as we're forced to call it, has very long boundaries on either side. So the full ball is, is perilous because the straight boundaries are pretty short. If you miss that length, then that can go for six. So you're taking a bit of a risk, you know, not actually going with a shorter ball where you've got more protection. So the fact that they nailed it on each occasion was truly spectacular. Yeah, without a doubt, Boomer being player of the day, he was man of the match as well, and and our our uh, player of the day, I should add, uh, to, to end that uh, uh, end that 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 uh, more serious discussion of the game. Uh, we we had another amazing game uh, being played up at Old Trafford, which we can't talk as authoritatively on because, well, to be honest with you, we, for the first half of it we were working ourselves, and the second half of it we were most of the time uh, grappling with. Detours on the whatever it was, A rate. Oh, the A31, don't get me started. So we, we only really caught the back end of that, but the scores are fairly remarkable. The card, it's, a, it's, an, odd, it's an odd card. New Zealand ended up making 291 for eight, but they lost both openers for first ball ducks. That How often all, has that happened? Kind of happened often in the World Cup, both to Cottrell, who took four wickets. Three catches and a run out. So Cottrell's had quite the day. Kane Williamson, another 100, 148 off 154 balls. He held it together with Ross Taylor, who made 69. They put on 160, and that gave them the platform. Jimmy Neesham, some hitting down the end of the innings, and Cottrell was the most important of the bowlers with four for 56. And then the West Indies innings, Gale makes 87, but he loses Hope and Puran for one apiece early. So a similar theme to what happened in the first innings. Bolt takes both of those. We'll come back to Bolt in a minute because he's crucial in the final analysis of the game. Hetmeyer smashes 54 in 45 balls. But then Bolt comes back after Lockie, Ferg- after Lockie Ferguson takes two wickets in two balls, getting rid of Hetmeyer and Holder. And then Bolt comes back and knocks over Nurse and Lewis. So he's got four for 30. And then Brathwaite walks in. Brathwaite, who we've seen do amazing things in global tournaments before namely the the 24 he hit in one over to to sink england in the final do over you of the remember world his name, do you? yes you do we all remember his name amazing and he 
pretty much did it again. 101 off 82 balls, um, bringing up the century in this ridiculous finish where they lost their ninth wicket in pursuit of 292. They lost their ninth wicket on 245. So they had 47 to win in five overs. And, well, if, if, if Brathwaite had have got just an, an extra five metres, not even that, maybe three metres on the pull shot from the last ball of the penultimate over, an excellent over from Jimmy Nation, um, they would have won with an over to spare. Um, it would have been one of the great zero not outs of all time from O'Shane Thomas down the other end facing four balls. But Can I just give quick plaudits to your calling of that game? Because I did have to keep my eyes on the road slightly. <laughs> and you called the 25 runs that he hit, that Brathwaite hit off uh, Matt Henry's Matt over. It was uh, absolutely superbly. It was good to play. It was good to play a role in the passenger seat today, apart from navigating. Uh, so Jimmy Nation was the star and the hero, really, with that one wicket. But um, but Trent Bolt, the catch on the boundary line, running back with the flight over his left shoulder. He thought he was going to step out of bounds, so he was looking to throw it over to Marty Guptill, but he was able to stop and prop and look up and realise that he just won the game for his country. Brilliant scenes. That means New Zealand and India both remain undefeated. So it's not a great day if you're looking for upsets and shaking up the the final four. But as far as um, what we got with great finishes, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. The, the tournament's been crying out for games like these, and we've, we've really had three in a week, haven't we, when you consider the low-scoring scrap between South Africa and New Zealand, and even yesterday, really. I mean, yesterday didn't quite get to the pointy end, but given that it was an upset, and then alongside today's two games, it feels as though finally the World Cup's kind of come to life. It does, but the, the sadness for me is the West Indies, because they're going to look back on this tournament, because they're basically out of it now yep. with that loss. And they're going to think, how did we lose to Australia? Because they're in such a strong position well, they to win that game. Australia. They did, yeah. Um, and they look at the game today and think, oh, but for a partnership, another partnership, they could have won that game. Uh, they've, they've been really... Uh, well, and the way they bowled against Bangladesh. They're, they're obviously, they're like the Pakistan of old in this tournament, aren't they? They've got all the, all the stuff, they've got all the, all the attributes, but they're not finishing it off. They, they are, dare I use the word, mercurial. Um, it's, it was disappointing, really, because I wanted them just to keep the narrative going. Yeah, absolutely. To win. We, just, we just wanted to have another side yeah. who might have a chance. Um, well, given that we're pulling into your street, we might call that the end of part one, and we'll, we'll be back with you in Dan's living room in a moment. Jeff, some people might disagree, but we kind of have some cricket expertise. I think we have no expertise, though, when it comes to sensible things like planning and retirement and planning for retirement. Well, lucky then, we know the people who do know their stuff over at CBUS, and all CBUS members have access to their team of qualified advisors. Wow, Adam, I think I've heard of CBUS before, about 400 times on our podcast. Uh, What does a qualified advisor do? It means if you're a CBUS member, they can assist you over the phone about investment options, contribution strategies, and planning the best way to maximise your super for retirement. So you're saying they can help you maximise the middle overs and then have a big surge in the final 10? (laughs) Cricket reference, get it? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, and it's probably going to go a lot longer than the World Cup. Ah, well, you can uh, make sure you don't get caught without a retirement plan. Visit cbussuper.com.au. Do it. Do it today. This is the final World Cup Daily. Adam Collins and Daniel Norcross today. 
to see by Super. Now we're sitting in Dan's living room, having moved in from the car. So, as promised, let's move towards the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. We had a nomination in for the Hall of Fame, actually. I, I, I put up on Twitter that after the penultimate wicket fell today, it might have been when Muhammad Nami fell. So when Afghanistan's chances at last were extinguished the cricket bat guitar guy who has been in the hall of fame before i should add he played foo fighters everlong which is a a song which which uh, i think a lot of people of a certain age identify with me being one of them um so that was a highlight but also very much a worthy entry to the hall of fame dan any other um any other moments which you thought stood out to you uh donny's donny's long single yeah, I really adored. How about him getting stumped? It's the first time he's been stumped in a one day for eight years. Yeah, Donny did. A, Donny did a lot that was Hall of Fame worthy today. Actually, <laughs> I Gulbadin's guns got him out again. Yeah, but a very good death over. Sun out, guns out, as Mel Jones said to me on on commentary, which I like. I I, I, heard, I heard you on commentary, having not ever heard that before. That, that, no. kind, of, that kind of struck me. No, well, I mean, that obscure. Well, it's not that. It's just that we English are all together more puny. <laughs> <laughs> And the sun seldom out. We had a we had a hat trick, which yeah, I mean, we, we've good. already reflected on. But I mean, I think for At Coley's response, just his body language today, like it meant an awful lot. Which probably is going to get him in trouble, which might also be Hall of Fame worthy because I don't think he understands the DRS, Dan. No, he doesn't understand the DRS. I can't say it in a second because he's in danger of being up against the beak that is Chris Broad, who has previous with uh, India. I think he's <laughs> I think he's one of the very few people to throw the book, any book, a book at Sachin Tendulkar, who was yeah. mostly book-free for most of his life. Um, so Indians aren't big keen on uh, Chris Broad in his 500th international as match referee. This is the man. Yeah, 598 tests, 92 T20s, 310 um, one-day internationals now. This was a guy who basically had to be hauled off the ground by Graham Gooch when he was given out by, I think it was Shakur Rana in Pakistan. And he, just, he, was, he wasn't budging. And... Um, <laughs> You know, poacher turned gamekeeper or what. But then, as you say, Coley's misreading of, uh, of DRS, it's kind of funny. What they see is, because when you, when you get hit on the pad, when, it, when they're trying to work out whether you're in line or not, then half the ball, it still counts as umpire's call. If it's mm. less than half the ball, you can see that little bit. But unfortunately on pitching, the thing about a, a cricket ball is that unlike a tennis ball, it does not squash. So you've effectively really got no umpire's call on where it pitches because it pitches on a very small amount of the ball. Yeah. So it's pitching outside leg. And once it pitches outside leg, this is a binary consideration, a bit like getting an edge. Yeah. And Donny was remonstrating with the umpire saying, well, hang on. Coley. There's a Coley, sorry. Coley uh, was saying, there's a, bit of, there's a bit of ball there over the shade. Well, no, there isn't because it's a sphere. And so that part of the ball wasn't actually touching the ground unless it was a squishy ball. And so when you find yourself like knowing more about DRS than the captains, uh, and certainly the captain of the biggest team in the world knows about it, then that's got to be Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, Dan, we're two very, very tired boys. So we're going to wrap this up by simply throwing forward and saying that the next time that Afghanistan plays against Bangladesh again at Hampshire Bowl for about their 74th World Cup game. In addition to the warm-up games, they've had more fixtures than any other ground, which befuddles me for a host of reasons. Oh, but anyway. Yeah, well, just a quick word on that, though. They're playing it on the same pitch. Not the Ooh. same ground, the same pitch. Which will be good for oh, Afghanistan. Mujib, Nabi, Rashid Khan and Ramat Shah are going to be rubbing their hands with glee. I mean, so will Shakib and so will Mahidi. But, you know, it's, it's possible that in that matchup, Bangladesh have got better spinners, perhaps... You think they probably would for that game? For that game, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, normally I would say Bangladesh would beat Afghanistan. I'm a big fan of Bangladesh, especially yeah. in this tournament. They've been awesome. But I think 
they could get unstuck there. Then we've got New Zealand's next games against Pakistan on Wednesday. So they have now won five and have won no result, New Zealand. So they're through to the next round. In fact, you could say alongside Australia, really, no, they're, they're, they are the first team that can't really miss out on 11 points from here, I'd say. Mm. They might need, they, I mean, mathematically they could, but it feels as though today really sews it up for them. The West Indies play against India. So that's the other two teams that play today. They're against each other on Thursday. They're still at Old Trafford. So West Indies have a long week at Manchester. Good place to spend a week. Great place to spend a week. Just, just, just thought that's all good. Just a, a little word of warning. I mean, Headingley, don't forget, has got the coffee shop run by former Surrey bowler, the Viscount Lindley, which is apparently, by all accounts, one of the great coffee shops. I've been seeing this on Twitter a lot. Can't yeah, wait to get yeah, there. Yeah, you've got to, got to get there. It'll be fun. But I've just seen a weather forecast on my modestly sized 32-inch <laughs> um, colour television. We, we have colour television now here in Tooting. And um, I, I, I bring you mixed news. There are going to be, well, because we, like, like an English summer, they always say is two days of warmth followed by a thunderstorm. Well, we've got two days of warmth and then thunderstorms are rolling in tomorrow, cascading up to the north of England. Mm. Then later in the week, it's going to be 32 degrees, which is uh, enervating by English standards with more thunderstorms after it. So thunderstorms, great thing about thunderstorms is in England, they're very hit and miss, but where they hit, they destroy all in their path. Okay, this is problematic. This is not all we wanted to hear the end, to end the show, but... <laughs> Oh, well, at least we had a lovely summer for, for one day and, and two great games of cricket. Dan Norcross, thank you so much for stepping into the shoes of, for Jeff Lemon tonight and thanks so much for driving me back to London. I'm, well, as I said before, we're, we're two pretty tired lads after a very long day, but well, great to have your company as always. Thank you. And that 45-minute detour just flew by. <laughs> and uh, if you want to hear more from Dan, he's going to be on the weekly show, which may very well have dropped out before this episode. I don't remember anymore. We're operating on very little sleep at the moment, but Dan did did contribute to Nerd Pledge, and if you're you've been, if you're familiar with it, we had a twist on it this week, and 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 Dan brought enormous value to that. Uh, thanks as always to Bad Producer Productions and Jay Mueller for pulling this together, and of course thanks to Seabus Super, the industry fund hitting your retirement for six. This is the World Cup Daily with Adam Collins. The final word, Jeff Lemon, back tomorrow. Speak to you then. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.